0: Hello, welcome to King of the Ride podcast. I am Ted King, your host for the past five years and presumably into perpetuity. So perhaps you recognize the name Ivar Slick. Evar won Unbound 200 last year, 2022, the unofficial World Championships of Gravel. And as a soft-spoken Dutch rider, there hasn't been much media around Ivar and his win, besides the very dramatic photo that's flashed across the internet, say, a few million times, with his arms in the air on a very muddy day. So, now with Unbound 2023 on the near horizon, I thought it'd be a great time to chat. We sat down here in Heiko, Texas, on the eve of Gravel Locos, to talk shop. We're going to tackle all the basic stuff, like how we got into cycling, etc., then dive a bit more into getting second at the Dutch National Championships as a junior, or his time in the powerhouse Rabobank Continental Team, basically the development pipeline to the World Tour. Uh, what it's like being at a training camp with Mark Cavendish in the Astana program, which he did this winter. And on a bigger picture, how gravel is seen to a European audience, how American gravel is seen, perhaps much differently than how European gravel is approached. All this and more with Ivar coming right up. Now, <clears throat> Laura and I have been traveling with the kids all through this spring, but especially the past week and a half, we've been migrating from California through the Southwest, across Arizona, New Mexico, spent a good chunk of time with some friends in Albuquerque, and now here we are in Texas, all deep into van life. Now, admittedly, we have a thoroughly outfitted vehicle, so we have a well-stocked mini-fridge, but meals are still very much catch-as-catch-can. PB&J for lunch, mac and cheese for dinner, handful of snacks all throughout the day, coffee all day. But without fail, I start my day, every day, with a serving of AG1 by Athletic Greens. There is just something incredibly reassuring about getting the vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, probiotics, and so much more derived from real foods. Now look, it's not like eating a salad for breakfast. But man, oh man, I feel better knowing that I'm getting all of these necessary ingredients at the get-go of the day derived from real foods. So if you are looking to simplify your nutrition game, look no further than Athletic Greens. If you use the following website, you're going to get five free travel packs, which are absurdly handy for the nomadic life like ours or just every day, plus a year's supply of vitamin D. Just use the website, athleticgreens.com slash tedking. Again, athleticgreens.com slash tedking. And you will improve your, your daily nutrition. Okay, no more talking. Let's kick things off with Ivar at the Dutch Mafia House here in Heiko, Texas. Here we go. Heiko, Texas. Welcome to Heiko. Welcome to America. How How was the travel? Thank you. Um, yeah, the travel was uh, quite
1: good compared to other uh, cyclists because we can fly from Amsterdam to towards Dallas and uh, direct. Yeah, directly. so jeez. Oh, uh, from Dallas, is only one uh, one and a half hour to Ico. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Wednesday we arrived. Now tu- uh, Tuesday we arrived, and yep. uh, it's a second uh, second training day here. Uh-huh. The weather is good. Yeah. It's hot, but, uh, yeah, I like it. It's uh, yeah, nice to be back in the U.S.
0: So, um, let's see. I see a, a piece of social media last night. It looked like you had an entertaining evening. Did uh, What happened with the car?
1: Oh, with the car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Lawrence,
1: uh, he's the godfather of the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, because of him... I came also to the American gravel, but that's not a Uh (laughs) story. He always says he has no jet lags. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't feel jet lags and I'm not. uh... But yesterday he was a little bit tired. You could see on his face and uh, we we had a barbecue with uh, Fabian and uh, Uh he had the rental car, but uh, from Fabian and Fabian told him uh, be careful for the key because I have only one key no <laughs> yeah and uh, he was driving that car and then he yeah when we went back uh, at 10 yeah h- half past 9 a uh, little bit early because he wanted to sleep and then he thought ah, shit I lost my I lost the key so <laughs> we were all looking with our iPhones and uh, but we didn't find the key and then in the end we saw the key inside the car. Oh, no. So he let the key inside his car and then, uh-huh. yeah, we called the police and <laughs> yeah. at 12 or something. Oh, he, so then everybody's uh,
0: completely exhausted.
1: Yeah, so we
0: could, yeah, it was a long day for him. Yeah. and So, yeah, that was the story of last night. I Nine. like the adventure. So, okay, we're talking now on Thursday. Tomorrow is Shakeout Ride. Saturday is Gravel Locos. What, you. You can fly direct on. You said you got here Tuesday. Is that right? Yes, Tuesday. And how is your jet lag, with especially with an incident like that last night? How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, for me, I'm feeling yeah quite good. Yeah. Uh, only yeah, when you uh, arrive in uh, yeah in Dallas, it's uh, yeah it's twelve o'clock, and you uh, departure in Amsterdam at ten o'clock. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the day didn't even yeah. happen. So, it's a yeah, and it is a ten hours flight, so yeah, you have to wake up uh, as late as possible, yeah, sure. to sleep to go to bed at nine or ten, but that was not so difficult because we were also invited by Fabian to yeah. go uh, for dinner, so it okay. was a good night, and we yeah we we were tired, but uh, yeah, then you. Yeah, you are awake for t- awake for 24 hours, and you think you can sleep the whole night through. But right. yeah, you will wake up at four and at five and at six, so you feel the jet lag. But right, right, right. it's not that you yeah. Then at seven you go out of your bed and yeah. But for now it's uh, like this morning it was the second day, and yeah. Then we I woke up, I slept in one t- in one uh, piece. One mm-hmm. time to uh, half past six. Mm-hmm. And that's a good time to wake up because the races are also start early. So you're yeah. directly in the race mode. Right. So for Saturday, it's no problem to wake up at uh, half past
0: five Agreed. or so. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. To travel from the east, yeah. from the eastern time zone to the western time zone is going to make it easier to wake up on game yeah. day. So, so that's, that's an, an
1: advantage for... Uh, yeah. Also, for unbound, it's uh, it's yeah. no, yeah, it's
0: not a big point to wake up early. So, let's see. I think the majority of our my audience is based here in America. We have a handful of Europeans, and and I think people will recognize your name from winning Unbound twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just start right there. Having just talked now for whatever ten minutes, when you lined up on that start line. Last year, did you think you had a chance of winning the race? Was that your plan, to win the race? Uh,
1: yes. Yes, I uh, knew I could, uh, could do it, but, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's a special race, and you have to, yeah, you. Uh, there's a big chance on mechanical. You I mean, it's to, almost like
0: a classic. Yeah. Anything can happen.
1: Yeah, if, but you don't have... Uh, follow cars. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. It's self-supported. So when you have a flat it's almost race over. Mm-hmm. If you yeah if you're unlucky and like last year the pace was high the whole race. So when you had a flat it was over. Yeah. So um yeah you, you have to be lucky and you your nutrition strategy has to be good. Mm-hmm. That are the two yeah biggest points besides your condition of yeah. course. But, uh, yeah, my condition was really good because, yeah, I... Uh, in Europe, you have Traka Gravel yeah. in the end of ap- April, and I won that race. Okay. You can compare that with uh, Unbound, but then in Europe, yeah, it's uh, it's smaller. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and uh, in Gravel logos I also felt really good. It's also a long race, mm-hmm. 150 miles, and I became second. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I knew I good win if everything fell into the right place and mm-hmm. yeah that was uh <laughs> everything felt in the right place that day and uh, yeah it was uh, also the weather was in my uh yeah advantage with uh, not so hot and uh, yep. rain mud it's good for
0: me yep. so, yeah it was a really special day and how about 2021 unbound yeah where you finished 15th very yes. respectable also was that your first time racing in the u.s
1: yeah yeah that was a big uh, learning process sure yeah <laughs> and I took yeah, yeah. all the lessons uh-huh. to to, to uh, the next year to uh-huh. 2022 uh-huh. because i made some uh, mistakes there yeah. i for example i did like it was only a race of uh, yeah for five hours so yeah. i began I was, we were riding in a big group in the beginning and the stones everywhere flying to your frame and to mm-hmm. your legs. And I w- wanted to yeah, go in a smaller group. So I keep pushing like, uh, yeah, it's a, I it's a race remember of that. six
0: hours. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so Which that, is intimidating because every time we'd hit a little hill, you'd push the pace, push the pace. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking, man, this guy's crazy strong. Yeah, and I was
1: on a, diff, a different bike. I was on a beach, beach bike because oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm a, from a original beach racer. Mm-hmm. And also, then I was thinking two things. Yeah, I was then I was not thinking I could win the race, but I maybe I can do top five or top ten if I have no mechanical and no hunger flat. Mm-hmm. So I chose uh, for a different setup. Uh, yeah, beach bike turned into a gravel bike, so it was very yeah bulletproof. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's on the real fast parts I had some uh, disadvantage. So when it was 45k or faster, mm-hmm. yeah, I felt uh, like I had to push more. But on the yeah rocky sections like
0: Little Egypt was very comfortable and sure. yeah I felt. So how about? to our American audience beach racing is a foreign concept yeah. it's literally racing on a beach yeah because in the North Sea <laughs> in the North Coast of the Netherlands is you have loads of beaches yeah so what describe that racing
1: yeah it's um, yeah it's completely different compared to Unmount because right. it's only one and a half hour racing full gas and um, yeah there's one long beach race it's 130k mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah four hours and the yeah uh, the surface is also you have to push always watts because it's not no tarmac. so we yeah, mm-hmm. uh and that suits my talents more than road racing. I yep. I uh, yeah that's uh yeah and it's really popular because uh yeah it's uh, all beautiful environment, you have the dunes, the sea yeah. and the
0: images uh is you, the, you get. Is the sand always a little bit tacky, or does it ever dry? No, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's always
1: different. Okay. Every day is different. Yeah, so that's uh, also what makes it uh, nice. And yeah, and on the you have parts with loose sand, and there the difference is made. And you ride with uh, yeah. Yeah. really wide tires, sixty mm-hmm. millimeters. Oh wow! And with knobs or slick? Uh, no, completely slick. Sixty millimeter? What is yeah. that? Three inches?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's probably really, about.
1: really yeah. So uh, on gravel mostly ride with 40
0: millimeters and 60 and yeah so uh in other in the geometry you were describing it unbound when you hit 40k an hour the bike is a disadvantage what are the other differences besides the tire width um yeah the
1: tire pressure has to be uh, really low
0: sure Uh,
1: yeah really because when you're on a loose sand and you have uh, low pressure you yeah you yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. you don't feel it, you fly over it. Sure. Yeah. But then on the fast, on the hard sand, sometimes parts like tarmac then you go woof, 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 woof. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there's always wind yeah. on the coast and when you have wind in the back you can yeah, yeah hit uh, speed like 60k an hour and that's uh yeah, nice to do with uh with our Dutch that, uh, friends like
0: Lawrence and right, Nicky right. and Jasper. Uh-huh. So yeah. Are they always point-to-point races? Are they circuits? Are they millions, um, like a criterium? Oh, mostly,
1: uh, mostly point-to-point. But yeah, it's uh, difficult the uh, last years with the uh, regulations from the uh, from the government and yeah. yeah so organizations have struggled uh-huh. to get uh, the right uh, permissions. So. Yeah, you see more and more uh, circuit
0: races. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's just, I hear you. Yeah. yeah, getting the permitting is no different than here in America. It's a lot easier said than done. Um. Okay, so 2021. Yeah, the race doesn't
1: go perfectly. Yeah, it was. The, yeah, there was. Uh, I was so uh, I was on the beach bike and I. Uh, I had no mechanicals, but I ate too much. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of too less, I was so afraid of bunking. <laughs> yeah. that I ate too much and I, for the first time ever, I had stomach cramps. Yeah, normally I can eat a lot and <laughs> no so I had stomach cramps and yeah, I was with seven guys still halfway uh in the front group or mm-hmm. eight and uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't uh, turn anymore. Uh, I couldn't. I had to yeah, to chill. Yep. for a moment uh, but in gravel that's also what I like about gravel everyone do their turns mm-hmm. so yeah uh, I directly um yeah, they say to me, yeah, you have to do your turns. I say, I did so much in the beginning. <laughs> let me just five minutes. I have been uh-huh. really pain. I'm not uh, faking anything. Or Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So,
1: and then came the difficult part with Little Egypt. Mm-hmm. And there it was, yeah, I got dropped because I couldn't deliver power. And I was left in no man's land. And I couldn't eat anymore. So yeah, yeah. And everything I eat, I directly had to spew and... <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, it was halfway and yeah a little bit front wind. Yeah, towards, block headwind for the next. Yeah, hundred miles. Oh, it was so heavy and I was alone, like riding alone on place six or seven. Yeah, some guys uh, had troubles, had mechanics. So, mm-hmm. but uh, you were in the front group with five, I think, and you yeah. made it uh, with five. So I was yeah. riding for place six for a while. But, yeah, I couldn't eat anymore for the whole race. So the last oh. part, so the last 40... F- yeah, the last feed zone was after 250 okay. K, I uh, got a Coke. Mm-hmm. And that was a good uh, thing for the stomach. Yeah. And so I could hold for 20 K or something. And I, ah, I can't make it. And then uh, Jasper, my friend, he uh, he catched me and I could stay. He said, come on my wheel, I bring you to the... Right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the last 20K were the hardest case of my life. And uh, I had to do the Aspergo and I was uh, riders who did the 100 mile past me because mm-hmm. they were going faster.
0: Mm-hmm. I've been there. In 2019, I remember the exact same feeling. Oh. Like the final 40 kilometers, y- you're hardly doing zone one power. Yeah, it's I mean, you're so you're out hard. of power, like when you're empty at that, at that yeah. distance, you are so empty.
1: Yeah, so I lost, uh, yeah, I lost positions, but uh, yeah, I finished 15th, so Mm -hmm. that's also, uh, but the difference are very
0: big at the finish line. I finished one hour, 20 minutes
1: after uh, Ian. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, we, so yeah, we had a front group of four, and we're rotating really well into a block headwind, and we realized we're just pulling away from everybody, because everybody behind us is groups of ones or twos. Yeah. So it is impossible that we're going to get caught, which is why the the gaps are so large. Yeah. How about... What did you do over that next year to say? I mean, did you leave that race saying, I want to come back and I want to win? Well, no, first after finisher, I never do this again. <laughs> I had the exact same thing. And I won the race the first year and I said, I never do this again. Okay.
1: Yeah, then. Yeah, then. Uh, yeah, Villiers, <laughs> the, the Italian bicycle brand, the, they asked me to be their ambassador for their new. Uh, for the new gravel bike and to race the gravel calendar for them and Mm -hmm. then that's uh, the moment I switched from continental road racing towards uh, gravel racing Mm -hmm. last year. So I came back to uh, Unbound because it's the biggest and most important race. And, yeah, the the rest is history. uh, (laughs) uh, From last last year, I only have good memories. And in my mind, it's like a three-hour race. And uh, (laughs) uh, you don't feel the pain. Uh, Yeah, after the finish, I, I see... When I uh, look back to uh, some videos, you see you're completely tired, but you right. don't remember that feeling so for this year, I have to keep in mind that it will be hard and it will be long otherwise you yeah you, it's also a really it's also a physical uh, race, but also the mind has to be yeah, really strong yeah. in that race and positive thinking and so that's also really important, especially for me I think
0: yeah. Uh, I remember all of those feelings and memories and sensations and saying, one, like I said, I'll never come back. It took me probably six months to say I'll come back. And then I've now done the race five times, and I tell this to a lot of people who do it for the first time. The person who wins the race and the person who is going to finish last. You ride so many mental emotions. You're going to feel good, you're going to feel terrible, you're going to feel good, you're going to feel terrible. Whereas a typical race, the person who wins... Almost always feels good the whole day through. Yeah. <laughs> but something like Unbound is so long that it it really does put you through all of the emotions. Um, okay, you you sign a deal with Willier. What the simplest question is did your life change after winning that race? You said you switched from Conti to gravel. Are you doing exclusively a gravel calendar?
1: Yes. Yes, I did um... Yeah, last year, so uh, 2022 was the first year I did a full gravel calendar, and first uh, I wanted to combine it with uh Continental, contine- with staying at uh, my Continental team, but, uh, yeah, it were too much uh, sponsor conflicts, because they were riding on Giant, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, then uh, yeah, I had to, yeah, be an exception, and in the end um in the end I, yeah, I started my one man squad <laughs> yeah the <laughs> and there were so many program. brands uh enthusiasts uh, about the gravel and um, so yeah it was like my one man team and I yeah I chose to not too many partners because uh, first I wanted to do good results and then yeah. <laughs> look further and yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, went out really well, and, um, yeah, so, this year, I have uh, some, yeah, mostly the same partners, some other partners, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like a one-man squad, and I am uh, happy I switched, because, yeah, for racing, it's like old-school road racing, it, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I suffered all day, and uh, not too much tech. Too much tactics and mm-hmm. just ride and uh, yeah. And on the road, it's um, yeah. Or you have to be a sprinter, a time trialist, climber. Mm-hmm. And I'm more uh, all rounder, so mm-hmm. if I think this uh, perfectly suits me, and more, more and more, uh, yeah, by my talents.
0: So your, you know, Unbound is early June. You have yes. great success last year, early June, and it was immediately afterwards, presumably, that the sponsors come forward and say, hey, do you want to do a gravel program? Yeah. How did you, were you able, you said it was challenging to try to continue with the Continental Road team. Were you able to do it a little bit, or was it a month later that you said, this is impossible, I got to do one or the other? Oh, no,
1: yeah. It was a. Yeah, in the end of 2021, Willier came to me, and wow, that early. Yeah, that early. Okay. So, yeah, it was only a few weeks when I, uh, yeah, when I thought about it and talked yeah. about it with the team manager of uh, yeah. the continental team, and yeah, then uh, I decided to, yeah, just focus full on gravel and full on Willier. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to skim over your past on the road because you've. You've been racing on the road for a decade or more. Yeah, 10 years. I mean, I you know, I, I spent some time on your, your Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, what, in 2011, you were second at the National Junior Championships? Is that right? Yeah. Um, that looks like that set you up with the Rabobank Continental Team. So for the next three years, you yes. were with the Rabobank Continental Team. Yeah. Um, you did a stagiaire year with Belkin? Yeah, the World 2 team. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Exactly. Kind of crazy uh, from yeah. their Room Pot, which yeah. is a highly respectable uh, Dutch team. And then one of the better team names out there, Monkey Town Continental <laughs> Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the last five years before I switched to gravel. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. let's go way, way back. How do you first get into cycling?
1: Yeah, really early when I was 10 years old. Uh, yeah, first uh, as a kid I played soccer and uh, judo, mm-hmm. and then. But from my uh, mother's side of the family, uh, they were all speed skaters in the yeah. Netherlands, and they in the summertime they did uh, cycling as a, to to stay in uh, condition and shape, and yeah, I really liked it and watched it on tv and i wanted to do that too mm-hmm. and uh, my parents sent me first to a mountain bike uh, <laughs> mountain bike lessons to mm-hmm. learn the skills but um, so first i mountain bike till i was 15 or 16 yeah. and then i switched to uh, to road racing when i was 16 so that was yeah, quite late because yeah i've I started road racing when I was a junior, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, my second year as a junior was really good. Uh, I was with the national uh, selection from the Netherlands, and I won a World Cup, a Nation Cup, and, Sheesh. yeah, yeah, they saw me as a big talent, and that's why uh, Rabo and Continental team, uh, yeah, they... Uh,
0: yeah, I gave me a contract. <laughs> this is going to be kind of a silly question and wildly rudimentary. I've raced in the Netherlands a bit. Yeah. Um, how do you describe the country in terms of the weather, the the geography, what the land is like, and then, like, getting at what sports people are into? I mean, when when Americans think of European racing, they often think of the Northern Belgian classics. Yeah, right? Flawless. Exactly. <laughs> and there are an equal number, seemingly, of super strong Dutch cyclists as there are Belgian cyclists. So, I mean, driving at cycling is huge in the Netherlands, I gotta assume. But then also, like, where does it stack up against soccer or speed skating or? Where how how important is cycling in the culture? I just asked like yeah. six questions, so I apologize. You can answer any one of them.
1: No, I think uh, yeah, soccer is the most uh, f- yeah most famous sport in the, the Netherlands. But cycling is, I think, number two yeah. or number three. No kidding, They're on the podium. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, speed skating also. But yeah, that's really that's uh, uh, not the international. Right only Netherlands and some other countries, but cycling, yeah, it's now with, uh, especially now with the uh, good years uh, with Mathieu van der Poel and uh, Tom Dumoulin we had, and uh, yeah, yeah,
0: the big men- pretty good.
1: Yeah, so it's getting more and more popular. And
0: um, What do you think the population is of the Netherlands? The population is? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, how many people live in the Netherlands total? Oh, 17 million. 17 million? Yes. And it's, it's just amazing. I mean, I guess that speaks to the priority of sports. Um, what I'm ultimately getting at is it's it's wild. You get into cycling at a seemingly relatively early age, and, I mean, you have success, and you're going through. Like, to be chosen on the Rabobank team has got to be a huge honor. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, um, yeah, it's,
1: it's like... Uh a professional team yeah. uh, it's a development team only uh, under 23 uh, years old the riders mm-hmm. and um but the organization uh, is so good and uh yeah they have uh, it's part of the uh, yeah 2012 it was and it was part of the big Rabobank team yeah and um yeah so it was uh, yeah it was really impressive to see and to be part of the big Rabobank family because they are also a women's team and mm-hmm. but yeah in the end of 2012 the, the Rabobank stopped the sponsoring and the, because of all the dope uh, scandals mm-hmm. so yeah that was a little bit pity and um, but yeah 2012 was my first year as under 23 and I had a really good year Especially for a first year on the 23 rider, so mm-hmm. yeah, this how a big uh, future for me as a road cyclist,
0: but yeah, it all happened <laughs> well, in another no way completely. And at that point, were you an all around cyclist? Yeah, because yeah, how was,
1: tall are you? How tall? I am a one meter 92. Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm 189 and a half, 190, and that's to our American audience but six foot three so you're probably six foot four yeah you're a muscular guy yeah I mean I imagine when you're putting out a sprint you're not putting out small numbers no <laughs> um, but you were able to what time trial and sprint
1: yeah especially really. prologues where I yeah. yeah I did good in and um, yeah and also yeah the power in tests they's I did uh, really good and they compared me with Lars Boom, for example, or Damn. Dylan van Waal. Yeah, that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it uh, didn't work out as, uh, it's such a, yeah, yeah. UK. it enters so many variables. Yeah, so, yeah, I had some injuries and also, yeah, when Ravobank stopped, it was with Belkin and Blanco. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit a weird situation. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, then Roombot uh, came in, it uh, was a new team, mm-hmm. 2015, and I had three years at Rabobank, and they say, uh, my second and third year were not so good as my first year, also, yeah, because of all kinds of things. And, sure. And, um, yeah, so, the Rabobank said, yeah, you have to stay uh, with us, and, uh after four years, yeah, there's a big chance you can go to the World Tour, mm-hmm. but you never know that. Right. And I thought, now I have the opportunity to become pro. So, um, yeah, I chose for uh, go to the pro continental team Roombot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, when I look back now, it was not a good decision because yeah, it was a new team and yeah, it was development team. Everything was way more professional. <laughs> sure but uh, yeah it also uh, yeah yeah. on the sportive side it was not a good decision but i learned a lot also yeah life lessons and mm-hmm. it was also yeah it was also great to ride two times the tour of flanders for example and so i have also uh, nice memories too but for my road career it was not not a good step yeah, and, uh, yeah.
0: was it I don't remember what years Lawrence was on uh, Rabobank, but presumably somewhere between Rabobank and Belkin, you're introduced to him. Is that right? I mean, he's probably, yeah. what, 10 or 12 years older than you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, lived, we live uh, 6K from each other. Oh, geez. So okay. we have uh, a yeah, WhatsApp group, training yeah. group, with uh, <laughs> guys from uh, North Holland. Okay. Nicky Terpstra, Case Ball, yep. Julius van den Berg from yep. EF. yeah. Um, yeah, and we train a lot together, and yeah, then you get to know each other, and um, yeah, in 2019 I had a, a last yeah really good year on the road. I won some uh, pro races, three pro point one. Nice. So I yeah I was uh, close by a contract at the opposite in de uh, or a uh, Total. Mm-hmm. Be, also because of Nicky he's also a good friend of mine and he's yeah. also, also, also supposed to race onbound this year but yeah. uh, is um, he not
0: racing
1: well, it no he has a knee injury oh, unfortunately shit. in the Cape Epic he crashed this year and uh, okay, yeah it's uh, shit for him
0: but, but he's but, a respectable member of the Dutch Mafia
1: yeah he really and okay. he helps me a lot <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah and then 2020 was the corona year yeah then I yeah, then I gave up the dream but Also then, uh, Dirty Cancel was called, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Lawrence organized Dirty Cancel, (laughs) like an alternative in the Netherlands, and uh, also 200 miles with two stops, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm self-supported, and I wrote that uh, you you were only allowed to ride with, with three in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. and only from home so you had to make a nice loop from home Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, as much as much gravel as you can find so everyone was building their own loop and uh, i was riding that day with uh nikki and uh, lawrence and uh 320k uh, was the first time so long and yeah yeah we also raced and and, uh Uh Yeah, it went really good and it was so such a nice day. And uh, on that day Lawrence said, yeah, you you have to ride more gravel and you have to come to uh the real uh dirty cancer next mm-hmm. year and that, then it changed to unbound and yeah that's where it started for me. Okay. And then in the end of that year, uh, yeah, Villier came. That was also of Nikki, so okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh,
0: Thankful to towards Nicky and Lawrence. Uh. The pieces are coming together. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Lawrence often jokes about the Dutch mafia. The Dutch mafia is coming. <laughs> the Dutch mafia is coming, and he's been saying it for enough years. But it seems like the mafia is growing. We're here at the Dutch mafia uh, Airbnb house. You have no shortage of people. Go through the list of folks who are here. You've got yourself, Lawrence. Jasper, Jasper, yeah, who is no slouch of a cyclist. He won, He won here last year. Yeah, he won the gravel Locus, Yeah, and how did he do it? He did pretty well. At Unbound. Yeah,
1: yeah, he became 16th, but he, has, he had a flat tire. So, okay. Yeah, he is also this year. He, I think he's. Uh, Looks super fit. He's one of the favorites for me. Uh, yeah, I think he can do really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we are with, um, yeah. Uh, Piotr Havik is also coming. He became 12th on the World Championship Gravel last year. So it's a good ride. And Thijs Sonneveld, you know, maybe, the journalist.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really like uh, the UCI um, came with the UCI Gravel Series last year and the UCI World Championship. So the sport is really growing and growing and very popular. And it's really... Maybe it's a hype but I think the hype will stay for the co- for
0: the next uh, 10 years or something. It feels like it. Yeah. Um what is your schedule this li- this year look like? What are you doing in
1: 2023? Um yeah, I last year I came only one time to the US. Mm-hmm. But uh, this year I did already Belgium off of San Diego and oh, wow. and Seattle uh, the gravel the gravel uh, ride, gravelista, uh-huh. it's called. So I'm not doing the lifetime events because it's yeah, it's too much traveling. And in uh, Europe, you have also yeah, more, more and more gravel races. So um, yeah, I did um, track gravel in Girona and um, which is what 300k? Uh, no, 200. 200k. Uh, there's also a distance 360, oh. but I'm more. Uh, the ra- race rider instead. Yeah, yeah, of the yeah, it's yeah. more of like a bike pack. Yeah. yeah, like a survival. Right. Maybe in the future, but for now, it's. <laughs> I like the race asp- aspect more. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, the big goal is uh, unbound and it's the most important for the sponsors and partners. Mm-hmm. But the week after our mount is already a new race in Finland. Yep. Finland Gravel is okay. also the same organization as Mode Gravel. Mm-hmm. I think. Um and that's uh, I heard really good stories about that
0: race. Nice environment. Yeah. A lot of gravel roads. So will you you're, you'll go directly from here, or sorry, directly from Kansas to Finland? Um no,
1: no, we fly um
0: Monday back after uh mm-hmm and
1: uh, Tuesday we land in Amsterdam, and Thursday we go to Finland, so... Dang. Yeah, it's a little bit busy, but I uh, had the same with uh, with sea Otter and uh, Traka gravel, and yep. yeah, it, you can't do that the whole year, but after Finland, uh, I take a month's rest, and then, um, then it's uh, yeah, building towards the World Championship gravel. Mm-hmm. You can't really compare it with the American gravel rides, because... Uh, but uh yeah in between there are nice races on the calendar like the rift in Iceland. Yep,
0: that one's great.
1: Yeah that one yeah have you did you do that no, last year? No I didn't no. I didn't do that uh, last year. So a lot of new races this year. And mm-hmm. um yeah I want to experience uh, as much races as as I can and next year yeah. maybe go to uh Kenya for the migration gravel race. Yeah yep. or Cape Epic. I want to do also some
0: it's cool because they're, the races are new, and the long-standing ones have been going on for 10 years or so, but they're only now hitting people's radar. You know It's only within the past two, three years that you're aware of gravel and find races like uh, uh, the Rift, which well, yeah. I think it first uh, became a race probably three years ago. Migration, similar story. Finland is brand new. no one has done the course. No. Um, something like Unbound has been going on for 12 years but it's it's. I'm just thinking of it in contrast to the classics that have been going on for 100 years or more and people are very aware of the course and very aware of so many things about them um, which also has me thinking of what was your experience doing uh, uh, Belgian Waffle San Diego just because like that's a crazy experience so as a Dutch rider coming to America and racing in San Diego what did you think of that race?
1: Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a crazy race, it's not, uh, because there's a lot of tarmac in, it, but also single tracks, yeah, when yeah. you, <laughs> which were not so comfortable <laughs> on a <the> rail bike <laughs> yeah. and on, uh, yeah, road wheels, so, yeah, it was, um, for me, it was also a new experience, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, to be honest, I, uh, I didn't enjoy it so much, but it's also because uh, I had a little, yeah back in lower back injury uh-huh. in March, so I wasn't in my best shape. But now I feel a lot better, so it also depends how you feel and how the result sure. is. So that's maybe maybe next year uh, it yeah, goes a lot go better and you and, just, and win yeah. it's the greatest race ever. So you never know that. But it was yeah for sure. It was a nice race and. Yeah, California was uh, also beautiful sure. to uh, to
0: experience. And how about the next week? Because then you go to yeah, uh, we have two weeks to see Otter. To or, or after
1: uh, when yeah. yeah, what did you think yeah.
0: of that? Because that was like it, almost entirely single track on a gravel bike. Yeah,
1: yeah that was yeah, that was more of for the for the expo yeah. and uh, yeah for uh, for the, the sponsors and. Uh, Nice. And the gravel race is also not so big. It's yeah, the MTB, mm-hmm. the mountain bike event from the lifetime, it's the main event. So sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was. Yeah, but it's good for my technical skills on the, on the gravel bike. No doubt about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you don't need that technical skills for gravel locals online right. because there, there are
0: not so many corners there. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, 20 minutes ago when I was asking about the Netherlands, and referring to the topography and the weather. It's not a very warm place no. in the spring. Here we are where it's 35 degrees, 40 degrees Celsius, 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And crazy long distances. How how have you been able to... Or what does your training look like over the winter and, and spring? Are you able to do big hours? Do you go do a training camp in Majorca, Or like, how do you yeah. log the time?
1: Yeah, the... The heat is not a big deal for me so yeah that's uh, that's uh, lucky <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah in the training um I'm not a real training animal <laughs> but uh yeah I I uh I do yeah, short short uh, high intensity trainings uh, and or long slow rides sure. but yeah, last year I never did longer than seven-hour training rides. So for this year, I also didn't do that because I think, yeah, you don't really need it. I really need the short, short, uh, yeah, hard training rides where I push myself to the completely to the limit yeah. to to reach my best uh, shape. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, that's what I learned from the past and. Um, yeah, so we call it to train white, black, or polarized, or mm-hmm. and not too much in the gray zones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in gravel, yeah, in the race itself, you ride a lot in the gray zone. But uh-huh. yeah, then when I train like this, I feel like I'm uh, coming in the best shape uh, on the race day. So yeah, I did the yeah. I uh, trained with Astana this year uh, nice. yeah, in in it was in January mm-hmm. and um, yeah it was a really uh, yeah nice experience with Vi uh, uh, is also sponsored from Fair Astana you know. and uh, they just signed Kevin this and case ball Kees yep. case ball is uh, also Dutchman he lives next to m- almost next to me and a <laughs> good friend of mine uh-huh. so it was fun to to train 10 days with uh, that guys and they saw me just as a member of the team not as a gravel rider so nice. and everything is fixed for you you don't have to fill your own bottles or clean your own bike like in the gravel world right right right. <laughs> so it was a perfect training camp and we made a lot of hours and you see how popular Kevin is everyone wants to be on the picture with him and oh I bet so that was cool to, to experience and mm-hmm. after that I uh, went the uh, Two weeks to Girona in March with um, with Jasper, and we did a lot of gravel rides. Mm-hmm. It's, uh,
0: Girona is uh, a gravel walala or for Which is, I said this in the last podcast. It's so funny because I lived there for seven years, five years over okay. a seven-year period. Never would you touch gravel, no, because it was a time when you're riding twenty-five millimeter tires. I mean, I was just a roadie all the time. And now I hear nothing but amazing things about the gravel.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone goes to Giorna for the gravel. Yeah,
0: I got to go back. You, Yeah, you can do uh,
1: ten, ten rides or five hours without uh, doing the same
0: gravel section. Mm-hmm. Um, are you working with a trainer or are you self-coached? Uh, no, I'm not working with the
1: trainer, yeah. My my dad is uh yeah, he's watching. he's watching me. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's uh he did a training training courses and uh-huh. sometimes when I need yeah, when I'm in doubt about the training and I ask the I ask uh, him for advice and then he looks back uh yeah on what I did. But I also don't ride with with a power meter. Oh no kidding. Yeah, so I really trust my feelings on the bike. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit old school,
0: but... Uh, it's kind of amazing. I mean, in a race, things aren't going to change because of your power, right? It's not like you are in a break and look down at your power meter and say, oh, I need to go easier because I'm doing too much power. So, yeah, to be yeah. able to read your body is so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this year... Um yeah, this year, I, yeah, after uh, I want to make a step and um, yeah, I have now a bike with a power meter, but it, yeah, it's, it's uh, it came only one month ago. So uh-huh. since one month, I train with a power meter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. And uh, so, yeah, it, I have uh, three. Car- for unbound, uh, I have a special uh, gravel bike. The mm-hmm. launching, so uh, nice. But um, yeah, there's no power meter on it. So yeah, then it's also uh, quite difficult because you have a road bike, you have a gravel bike, and mountain bike. You have every right. every bike has to be a power meter on it. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah to work with with a trainer is also yeah. I, I think uh, I. In, yeah, I can. I know what I have to do to be in top shape. And when someone says to me what I have to do, uh, yeah, it's harder for me to do it. Yeah, yeah it's uh, kind of yeah strange. Uh, so <laughs> maybe it's strange for me, but
0: yeah. Do you do you know what training you're gonna do every day you get on the bike, or do you sort of make it up depending on how you feel?
1: Yeah, it's also depending on how I feel the day yeah. and. Uh, yeah, when uh, when I'm too tired, but uh, yeah, when I'm too tired, I'm yeah rest. Uh, I take a rest day, but yeah, it's really I'm really a feel feel person. Yeah. So I listen to my body, but yeah, also uh, I know I have to do some weeks of 30 hours, so right then you have to push through. And uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so so no trainer and no power meet, no power meter till now but right. the second half of this season i am
0: uh, yeah i'm definitely going to ride with a power meter and do well, more yeah. structure the the age-old riding off sensations um to <laughs> the seriousness of gravel like as you're talking about the second half of your year you're obviously going to be focusing on the gravel world championships yeah which i mean I like, I think that's sort of a funny anecdote, right? Like, old school, riding off feel, gravel's meant to be fun. Okay, it's gotten more competitive, and now all of a sudden we have the world championships. Yeah. Did you race them last year?
1: Yes. yes. How did it, that go? Yeah, it was... Well, I, I had a really off day. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I after uh, Unbound, yeah, it was overwhelming what came to me, also in Europe. And um, mm-hmm. so... Um, I started uh, two months later with the competition again in uh, Sweden, and then with the uh, UCI series. But then I crashed and um, yeah, with uh, with the record and uh, yeah, I had a con- uh, concussion. Mm-hmm. And it was six weeks before the Worlds. Oh jeez. So maybe I started too early because I was focused on the Worlds yeah. and I wanted to yeah to do good result and. In between, in six weeks, uh, after three weeks, uh, there was a UCI series in the, ne- the Netherlands, and that went really good. I became second. So, so uh, yeah, I had no headache anymore. I'd, I rest for uh, nine days, I think, so I only trained for one and a half week, and yeah, mm-hmm. I was surprised that I became second, and then I thought, yeah, now I have to push harder towards the world. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had a really shit day, I don't know I don't really know uh the cause of that and that's also why I want to ride with power meters and
0: yeah, yeah, to yeah, be yeah.
1: more uh yeah data minded and yeah the sport is growing and more professional there's more money uh yeah
0: involved so yeah you have to make that step It is what is your impression as a European I feel like gravel has been happening in america for a couple more years i mean not a terribly long time but a few more years in america than it has in europe i remember talking to lawrence about it and he said no we really don't have gravel races this was probably three or four years ago gravel races didn't exist in europe and now there's the uci world series gravel world series there's races all over scandinavia all over europe You've got people. I mean, the, the winner of the gravel world championships last year was from the world tour. Vanderpool could have. He did decently well. Yeah, he uh, came third. Yeah. How do you, how do you square it all? What do? You, where do you see gravel fitting in the picture? It's obviously wildly popular. Do you think more and more world tour racers are going to be doing it? Is it meant yeah. more for the masses? What is? What is the perspective that you see as a European? Yeah, it's as yeah, a. Uh
1: Really, becoming more and more popular because yeah, the, also the riders they like it. It's more uh, yeah, more adventure and more uh, yeah. Road races are uh, yeah, so controlled by mm-hmm. teams and who wanted um, a bunch sprint for example, or a climbing stage. So some races are really boring for the riders and, <laughs> right. and gravel is yeah, it's. Yeah, for the riders, is also cool. And, uh, yeah, I heard stories that Pochacar also competes this year in, uh, at the Worlds. and oh, uh, So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only nice for the sport that it's going and the popularity, popularity is rising. And, um, but, yeah, you can compare it with uh, American gravel because, uh, yeah, last year's the World Championship was... Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like a real gravel race with a lot of road uh, sections and a lot of team work. So that was not so, not so nice because, uh, yeah. yeah, Daniel Oss and Jenny Vermeers were in the front group with two. And then everyone stopped riding because Jenny Vermeers was from Belgium. So right. Belgium stopped.
0: Yeah.
1: And his teammates with Van der Poel. So the Netherlands, yeah, also didn't ride. hmm and uh, Sagan had Oz, Right, right. He didn't ride And Italy. Had uh, Oz, so also didn't ride. So nobody was riding. <laughs> and here is uh, yeah. in, the, in the USA, everybody is riding. And there's not, not, not a thing such as team tactics till now. Uh-huh. So I hope it stays like this because yeah, when there's more money involved, you maybe will come gravel teams or. ...little teams from two or three riders... ...and you have one in the front and, and one in the back... ...and I uh, stop riding. So I hope it's not going that
0: way. I but could not agree more.
1: Yeah, I, that is... yeah. Like last year, Lawrence was in the break... ...but I also right. chased him. Right. <laughs> and Which he is, knows. Yep. And he likes that. Because he also want, don't want
0: right. the, it to change. It's hard to... It's hard to write unwritten rules... And it's hard to uh, to play the gentleman's game, as yeah. as it's called. And, you know, everybody be in it for the right sporting reasons and saying, you know, let the best person win today instead of having a break down two tactics. Because a lot of the races in America are the same, right? You go to Steamboat, you go to uh, Unbound, and you know basically the way it's going to happen. So if a team rolled in and you had eight riders, and there are eight very strong riders, you could really dictate the race. I'm glad, I'm really glad that it is the way it is right now. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's a part of me that does fear the greater seriousness, the more money, the more importance, the more prestige that teams will form. Yes. And who knows? But I also really like that European gravel has a totally different feel than American gravel. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the way it'll be. I mean, I think. I also think that Europeans are so. Uh, there's so much, I feel like, better education and better understanding about what the UCI is and what road racing is because you have Tour Flanders, you have Perrier Bay, you have these races that are relatively close that if gravel goes the way of more road racing feel, then just so be it because there's an understanding of what road racing is all about. Whereas in America, it's just, it's so welcoming. You know, there's 2,000 people who are going to show up to the race tomorrow and there's probably 20 who might win. Yeah. The masses are there just to ride their bike for a really fun time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Ah, goodness. There's my soapbox. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I'm really glad that I'm glad the, the sport is expanding I'm glad that the Dutch Mafia is here I'm glad that That you guys are back And having a good time I'm, I'm psyched that you're being able To make a career out of it Yeah You know Yeah it's uh, Living the dream Living the dream Do you yeah. have Do you have longer term goals? Like do you know what you're going to do In two, three, four years? Or is that just a silly question right now?
1: Um, no I just want to yeah Enjoy the Perfect. The moment Okay <laughs> Especially now On the Defending in Valencia, yeah. and in we will see. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, we we finish with three traditional questions. What is your favorite place to ride a bike? What is the number one place that you would like to ride that you've never yet ridden? And who is somebody that you really want to go on a bike ride with? So, favorite place to ride a bike.
1: Till now. Uh, Yeah, Girona.
0: Girona. Okay, terrific answer. Where is the one place that you really want to go ride a bike that you've never ridden? Uh, Iceland. Perfect. You're going to be there in late July. Yeah. And who is your favorite person to go for a bike ride with? Or not favorite. Who do you want to go with? Like the president, the king of the Netherlands, or... or or your favorite riding partner? Yeah, that's a good question. My favorite riding partner Um,
1: or a person who I really admire. I don't have... When I was uh, young, I was a really big fan of uh, Valverde. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, when I went older, I had no really... Yeah, inspirational or uh, favorite to but. Um, yeah.
0: I hear Valverde isn't the gravel now. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> he did the UCI uh, yeah. and he won. <laughs> of course he won. He's got to be so fit. <laughs> yeah, he's still fit. Um,
1: yeah, one person with her,
0: uh, <laughs> I really could not. <laughs> we'll go with Valverde. Or. Or nothing. We'll just go with that. He'd be a good person to ride with. I bet he's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Artists. Artist. Your dad, Lawrence, Iman Lucas. Iman. Iman is yeah, a good friend of mine. <laughs> 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 Always funny with me. Yeah,
1: he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite training partner is Nikki. Because we are kind of the same. Perfect. We have the same mental mentality, mentality yeah. and uh we know each other so well.
0: So, yeah. well, he's pretty handy on a bike. So. Yeah, and he
1: uh, helped me a lot with uh, my career. And
0: yeah, other people, I, I don't know. <laughs> Nikki Terpstra is a very good answer. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, we're zeroing in on dinner time. So they're hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I thank you very much for the time. I wish you nothing but success this weekend and in Kansas. So, very much appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for the invitation.
0: Yeah, pleasure. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, Ivar, for taking the time. Best of luck this coming weekend. If you, dear listener, have a sliver of time, leaving a review really does make a difference. I appreciate it. Drop in a comment. I am thankful when you do. It is also not the worst thing in the world if you visit athleticgreens.com slash Ted King. Try it out now. Thank me later. Okay, that's it. That's all. Until next time, please enjoy the ride.